Looking to organise an event or break into events? Or perhaps you're already a seasoned organiser? No matter where your experience sits, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Events Unpacked podcast. Learn how to go from good to great, how to embrace industry challenges and activate success in your organisation or career. Now welcome your host, Francesca Peskovs. Hello and welcome to Events Unpacked. Today's guest is my industry friend and former colleague, Hayley Lemon. Hayley is currently the National Events Manager at News Corp Australia. She spent 15 years specialising in events in the corporate and public arena. Working for top agencies as well as government has seen her gain a broad mix of experience. COVID-19 and the postponing of traditional gatherings presents us with a fantastic opportunity to reimagine events. So today, Hayley provides insights on how she's pivoted News Corp's events through the use of technology. Hello, Hayley. Hi, Francesca. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah. Um, and let's just get straight into it with let's some background discussion. Yeah. So when and what made you first want to work in events? Um, when and what made me first want to work in events? Well, <laughs> as a child, I was never good at much. The only thing I was good at was, um, was telling people what to do. <laughs> uh, so then my, my teacher at school said, well, you know, there's a career in that for you. And I said, really? <laughs> and he introduced me to, um, theatre. So growing up, I, you know, volunteered on all the musicals going around Brisbane because that's where I'm originally from. And I decided that I loved it so much that I um, applied for NIDA and I got in. So I studied there for three years and I did um, a Bachelor of Technical Production and Stage Management. And I thought that that was going to be my life, being a stage manager and moving to the UK and working on a running show on Broadway for 20 years. Right, and then what made you change your mind from working in theatre to working in a corporate role or working in events that, you know, manage brands and the marketing yeah. side of things a little bit more? Well, working in theatre, what I thought I wanted when I was 18 is a very different reality to what it was. Um, and the things that I loved so much about the theatrical process was all of the rehearsals and all the bump-in process and getting it through to opening night. Um, and then once it ran... You know, I like shiny things, so it was quite boring for me. Yeah, very repetitive. (laughs) Yeah, repetitive. The same thing every night. There's no challenge in it um, or there wasn't for me. Um, And then I I kind of, a lot of my friends were working in events and, you know, got into that through World Youth Day and discovered that events have everything that I loved about the theatrical process in terms of all the rehearsals and all of the bump in and then the execution, but you've only got one night to do it all in. Yeah, so, so essentially you're like everyone else, you're in a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, um, that's it. love and hate the pressure, which is something that I always <laughs> find as well. It's like you've only got one shot. It's not like a movie where you can say, oh, we'll just take one, take two, take yeah. three. Yep. You've got to get it right. So Some people um, excel under pressure and yeah, I am yeah. one of those people that needs it to, to get stuff done. <laughs> that's for sure. So what was, um, I guess, your first pivotal role in the industry and how did that get you started and inspired? Um, I was very, very lucky um, to have worked with one of the most amazing producers in Sydney, Australia and the world, um, arguably David Grant. So I, I came on board with him. He was my first role after leaving NIDA and I got to 
to be instantly engaged in this whole crazy world of of creative corporate events um, and a lot of private events as well. So from there, I just springboarded off that and freelanced to to as many companies as I could. A lot of my friends that had left NIDA all went into full-time work and I kind of thought that that wasn't for me just to go somewhere full-time and I wanted to see what was out there. So freelancing definitely was the ticket. It, it gave me um, exposure to work around the world. So I've been able to work around the world on events. Yeah, so basically it's given you, you got a taste of all different yeah. kinds of events. You were a part of the creative process, you are part mm. of the production process and um, I guess that inspired you that, you know, there's a lot of variety obviously working agency side, which was mostly what you did at the beginning with uh, David Grant and then Cambridge and then you obviously came and worked with us at Event Emporium for six years. So, yeah, so that um, was, the highlight that was, of your career obviously. It, it, it honestly <laughs> was. I had so much fun working with you guys and I mean – my background was always technical and production. So I think I was, you know, a nice little key turnkey solution for you there. But yes. the things that I learned with, with you from the sales and marketing side and with Alistair from the client management side, I just feel so well-rounded now. Like I Ooh. came into that business with just one kind of specific skill and, and I left it six years later thinking, you know, from your help and guidance that I could move into the role that I'm in now. Yeah, sure. So is it, what, what would you say that, you know, your best skill is? If you had to pick one thing that you think you're really good at, Hayley Lemon is known for, da Hay- Hayley Lemon is known for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, all, the only thing that I claim to be able to do is to understand fundamentally what a client needs and be able to put a team together to produce it on time and within budget. Yeah. Yeah, and so the goalpost is really important to you. It, it definitely is. To be able to deliver on what you promise is is going to keep you in work. You're only as good as your last event, as we always say. Yeah, so. and there's a lot of agencies and a lot of producers out there, and I'm not by any means having a negative, but there's a lot of people that promise things that they can't deliver. So it's kind of part of the process to get the creative, the concept, everything right first and make sure that you can deliver it and then yeah. have the right team, obviously. Yeah. It's a hard one to nail as well because, you know, you'll have all – some agencies have creatives that will come in and they'll scope it all out and they'll say, yes, you can have flying monkeys and <laughs> this is what it's going to cost you. And then the reality of actually producing that uh, far exceeds what was thought. So, yeah, one, one cardboard cutout monkey. And yeah, that's all. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So we've all been there before and, and I think that that's really important is managing the client's expectations on what can be delivered in the time frame that you have and with the budget that you have. Yeah, that's great. So um, obviously you've worked on some amazing projects throughout um, your event career. Yes, I've been um, very lucky. Is there one project or one that you're most proud of or really have some fond memories of and, yeah. you know, and why? Well, working with you guys um, was definitely one of the funnest times of my career so far. And the funnest event that I used to love to do when I was at Event Emporium was uh, working with the zoo, doing their annual Zufari. Taronga um, Zoo. Yeah, yep. Taronga Zoo, doing their annual fundraiser. So the events that we get to bring everything in, just start with a patch of grass and literally bring the whole shebang in is my favourite because you get to do so much. You get to work with so many amazing people, you know, from building the marquee to putting all the rigging points in to the sound to the lighting to all of the theming to the jennies to the toilets like everything needs to be thought of there's so many people on site it's so fun it was the height of summer when we were doing it with the the glorious view of sydney harbour there it was a two-week build um 
you know, I look back on those days and I think that was definitely my my highlight of my year every year. Yeah, it was a spectacular event and it was. Um, such a great location that people don't get to use normally. So Yeah, very special. Yeah, that's what's great. So moving on to the current day um, and mm. part of the reason why I've asked you to be on the show is to talk about this new role that you've got, which is really exciting at uh, News yeah. Corp as National Events Manager. Tell us a little bit about it because yeah. it's, uh, you know, exciting. So <laughs> this is uh, my first time going client side in all of my years. Um, so it's a bit different for me. Uh, it's a bit easier in terms of the hours um, and, you know, a bigger team and they're really supportive and, and wonderful. And I guess before everything blew up with COVID-19, we kind of felt it coming and we have a couple of events on the horizon. So instantly I got my team researching different vendors to see how we could deliver the event as a digital experience. So We've gone through a lot, a lot of um, companies and we've landed on one called Intrado who are going to produce one of our upcoming events that I can't say too much about. But, um, you know, just finding these innovative ways to connect uh, with our audiences digitally instead of as a physical event is what we're working on at the moment. Yeah, and essentially in your team and, you know, your national events manager, everyone still has the same sort of titles and roles. It's just about delivering the event digitally. Exactly. So you just have to think about what are the fundamentals of the event that you're producing? Like what's your theme? What message are you trying to convey? What is your content? And how do we bring that to life? And how do we give our guests that are going to attend that an amazing user experience? This podcast is all about unpacking events and discovering what made them successful. Can you share some of the events or experiences you're currently working on? But, you know, I know you can't talk in detail and taking to market and, you know, what's going to sort of make them more successful than, you know, another event that may not be approached in the same way. Yeah, I mean, every event is going to be different and there's going to be different ways you can digitally bring that to life. You know, there's webinars, there's um, AR, there's VR. You know, you can send your guests uh, a VR headset ahead of the event and and, it, and um, design a whole game around an event, for example, depending on your budget. But at the end of the day, I reckon there's five main tips to consider um, when, you know, taking your events digital. So it's your key messaging. So what is your key messaging and what's the best combination of cutting edge technologies that you can use to deliver that message? The guest journey. So again, a thoughtful user experience is key to successful virtual events. Think about what you want your guests to do when they arrive at the site and ensure they have a seamless experience. So It might be call to action buttons that get them around the site. It might be something fun that they can do. It might be something that they can download um, on their phone and have like a VR kind of experience from their phone. Yeah, sure. And then in terms of um, creative and the theme, obviously, you know, people always think of the conventional side of events and they may walk in and it's, you know, a winter wonderland or it's uh, course, something yeah. something else like that. What sort of ability do you have when, the, when you produce a digital event to actually successfully have a really strong creative? Well, I would argue that this, you know, there are much more opportunities um, to be creative in a digital environment than a physical one. I mean, you can build anything. The sky is literally, literally the limit. You can have an event on Mars. You can have an event on the moon. You can have an event, you know, under the sea. It's flying monkeys. Of, you can have flying monkeys. <laughs> Those flying monkeys, they're there. <laughs> Just give them a wow factor. Think yeah. of it and you can create it. 
Yeah, so you still can immerse the audience in the journey. Um, Definitely. Storytelling's possible because you get to control the journey. And so, yeah, essentially you can have an extremely ambitious theme that's delivered in a more digital kind of way than, you know, obviously face-to-face. But in terms of at the moment, we're right in the middle of this April 2020, we're right in the middle Mm -hmm. of COVID-19. What are some of the um, challenges that, you know, people are working from home? What are some of the challenges that you might experience in doing a digital event? Yeah. So there are definitely some things to consider when taking an event digitally. The main things for me is uh, security. So if you're using, for example, a third party as we are to to execute all of your website and and all of the registrations and everything you want to make sure that they're all buttoned up in terms of their data and security um, contracts so they're not going to take any of that um, user data and use it for themselves or sell it to other people and what about like you know obviously I've found myself you know having zoom meetings and a whole lot of things everyone's mm. internet speed and capabilities are slightly different so yeah, you do have a little bit of an issue massive, sometimes yes that's the other thing internet speed is going to be different for everybody especially in Australia it's so terrible at the moment I mean I live in a building with 3,000 people <laughs> and it just drops out here like it's going out of fashion so the lag times um, can lead to a really bad user experience However, for the most part, most people should be able to access it. You know, file types, consider that. Um, Everybody wants everything in high res, so... Yeah. So for example, um, you've got someone live, they're presenting, you've created Mm -hmm. this kind of environment for them to deliver the messaging. If someone's internet drops out, it'll all be recorded. You can still go online later and see that content. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, having things that you can download and having white papers or any information that Mm. people can kind of access in their own time at their own speed. So if they are having issues with the internet, that then that content is still available after like the live launch date for them to access is a great kind of solution to that, I think. This is Events Unpacked, your number one guide to organising a successful event. Content's such an important part of just doing any style of event these days. But the great thing, I guess, about a digital event is that, you know, the whole journey from when you're speaking and storytelling from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. um, you can pre-event start the journey, you can start the story then and then during the event and then afterwards. So there's that real continuation there. Yeah, all of the comms and the messaging before and after the event as well, especially with call to actions and actually following people up and getting them what you getting people to action what you want them to. Yeah, that was my next question, I guess, is um, how are some of the ways, there's some great ways obviously to measure success digitally um, and how do you measure success, whether it's a B2B or a B2C style digital event? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I work in um, a B2B environment at the moment. So we have a list of KPIs that we need to, you know, essentially check off the, the tick boxes. With that, I would argue that digital events is easier to get funding from your CMO than a physical event because you can prove, like the proof points are there. You can see traffic, like how much has come to your website. You can see what people have done when they're on the website. You can you can have individual names of their user journeys. Um, you can see all of the call to action buttons that they've clicked through. They can link back to sales opportunities and from that you can see how much more sales has been generated because of the event which is a lot harder to do with a physical, traditional event. Yeah, totally. 
So that yeah, that's a big advantage. And um, yeah. and I guess you know, looking into the future, that uh, building all these platforms and ble- building all the way that you're going to do it and the different systems is something that can just be easily integrated into a, a live face to face event amongst a digital event as well. They can be both um, kind of paired together. Yeah, definitely. I think the way forward because we're going to see so many digital events over the next you know rest of the year take the place of traditional events I think that forevermore this will be expected that every live event will have a digital component to it or for the better you can just easily reuse the content anyway you can easily track all of your KPIs you can you know it's it's pretty good yeah, I know. So, I mean, I, I mean, I was working on events that have been postponed to next year now, yeah. but they had already some digital components. But even just during this time, I've, you know, found some new products. There's all these kind of people coming out of the woodworks with different ways to approach it. So, I think we'll all be the better for it, which is great yeah. in our industry afterwards. And it will mean, I guess, some cost savings as well to some of the clients because like, you know, this particular client is an international European client and there's mm-hmm. offices which only have like five people in them in some places in the world. Now, they're not going to bring them all to Sydney for the event necessarily, but digitally, they could still be part of it. Definitely. And and the scope is so much wider. Like if you're just holding a roadshow event and you're just hitting the, you know, four main capital cities in Australia, think about the messaging that you can get out if you hold it digitally as well. Like how many more people are you reaching? How many more sales opportunities are there? How many more leads are there? Like it's a smarter way of working. Sure. So I guess um, you've been in the industry for a while now and um, <laughs> like all of us, it's a, I always say it's a human sport um, and there's lots of things sport. that could go wrong or that we call uh-huh. more challenges. Um, <laughs> is there something that you'd like to share with us that you've learnt from or I like to use the word, I, I love saying to people, when did you fail? You know, when did you when fail? Did like, tell, fail? Even my, fail even my team, day, even my team it's like, tell me you failed. Don't hide <laughs> it under the rug because if you tell me you failed, you've learnt from it, right? I so, know. I know, I know, I know. Um, Look, communication is key. (laughs) Communication, communication, communication. The the people that we have in our industry are are amazing. They're they're like family. They're like a second family to us. Um, That's why a lot of us have been in the industry for so long. Everybody has each other's back. So the more you communicate, there are many ways to skin a cat right? So the way that I think something should be done might be very different to the way that an expert thinks that it should be done. But as long as you are keeping those lines of communication open, uh, I think that you're going to be okay. And be calm under pressure. I flip it all the time. Uh, I'm not a calm person, but I think events has definitely taught me to, to be a bit calmer and a bit more go with the flow because honestly, Anything can and does happen in the yeah. world of eventing. And, and it's why I love it so much as well. Yeah, I mean, I Unexpected. always say going into the event, don't be on a positive cloud. Be on a bit mm-hmm. of a negative one just before to think of all the things that could potentially go wrong yeah. because then you actually have – it's like a wet weather plan. I don't know why. It never rains when you have a wet weather plan. But, you know, if you have a plan for things, then yep. when they happen – You always you know, have an A, B, C, D, E, F, G plan. Yeah, yep. yeah. but um, having said that, you can't plan for everything. So you just got to kind of – there's always a solution or a way 
way around it. Yeah. And the main thing, I guess, is to make sure that the client is happy with that end result. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> there are so many smoke and mirrors. Just <laughs> keep, keep smiling, guys. <laughs> yeah, keep smiling. So how do you keep up to date, I guess, on trends, oh. uh, the latest? I mean, I hate using the word trends because mm-hmm. I, when I design an event, I always try and stay away from trends. But yep. uh, just, you know, finding interesting new suppliers, seeing how people are oh, doing things. yeah. I find inspiration in a lot of the travel that I do. I, I love traveling um, and going to a lot of events. Like I've just come this time last year, I was at Coachella, which was amazing. So just drawing inspiration from those kind of big um, international events. You know, I'm so sad this year that so many amazing Australian events have been cancelled. I was, I was planning on going down to Dark Mofo in Tassie. Yes, um, Mona. But, you know, yeah, down there and just getting out to all of the art galleries for inspiration or you know, I check out Concrete Playground every weekend for what's coming up and always going to new interesting bars or restaurants or and always just having conversations with people, seeing what they're doing. If I see something online like an event, I, I have a sticky beak and, you know, I'm eager to see who did it, who produced it. I'll get on the phone to them, say like, what was good about it? What, you know, what didn't work? What would you do differently next time? You know, having a look at online resources like Instagram, Pinterest, BizBash, uh, The Cool Hunter, Time Out, all of those kind of resources I, I look at daily. So always interested in new inspiration. Yeah, and it's like I guess it's about always trying to find someone to collaborate with. You know, whilst yes. whilst you're the, the central brain and the management and the creative, you know, we I always say we're not, you know, origami paper artists or we're not like graffiti world painters or yeah. whatever else like that. So it's just, you know, if you can find someone unique that could pair to that brand and actually add value to the creative, it's a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we have weekly team meetings. So I always ask my team to to bring something new and share something in those as well, because it's not just always up to me to find something. No, I want them God, to no. be able to be looking for sources of inspiration and sharing that as well. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So uh, what um, excites you most about the future in events? Um, the future of events, nothing for the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I am, I am looking forward to when we can all get back together and, you know, socialize and have a drink together and hug each other. Hug it out. uh, Hug it out. I think there's going to be so many opportunities. Brands are going to be, want to be launching in a big way when we come back. So I think that there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of cool events and fun to be had. Yeah, it's funny because even before all this happened, I thought the social media market was feeling a little bit saturated to me in terms of how, you know, the influencers. Uh, Inauthentic as well. Yeah, and I thought, oh, this has got to burst at some point and people are just Uh going to go old school and actually see each other for the, you know, have larger scale events. And, you know, because a lot of the brand and product launches that we've worked on, you know, have become, you know, from 500 people to 50 people at an mm-hmm. influencer event. But yeah. I think after this, people are going to want to, you know, see people face to face. Yeah, and that's the way the events um, industry has always gone, right? Like big ebbs and flows. So mm. it's gone from massive sit-down gala dinners to then something small and experiential. And it, it just, it continues to flow. But I think that, yeah, you're right. It's going to be about getting as many people together in a room as possible and celebrating together. Cool. So we're coming towards the end of all the, of the show and um, I like to ask this to people because obviously a lot of people that listen to this uh, podcast will be trying to crack into events or evolve yeah. their career or just get advice generally. So um, what one piece of advice would you offer someone wanting to uh, break into events? 
it's such a satisfying industry if that's where your passion lies. Please don't do it thinking that you're going to be paid well. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be a millionaire from working in events. Um, so if that's your motive, forget it, just move on. But I would just say reach out to as many companies as you can and just volunteer your time. Yeah. There are so many amazing mentors in this industry that would that are so willing and, and eager and happy to take on somebody who who wants that knowledge and is passionate about our industry. So send your CV, make a phone call, follow it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's lots of opportunities. Yes, I know I know. for yourself at Event Emporium, you know, you guys love that. Yeah, we do. And like there's been people that have come on as an intern or mm-hmm. work experience that have ended up being offered a, um, a role in the business, which is great yeah. because it gives us a chance to meet up and coming, you know, great people that are motivated and inspired. So it's a win-win for everyone really. Definitely. And at, and at the end of the day, I hire based on not skill but on attitude mm. because I really believe that if somebody has the right attitude and they have the desire and the drive, you can teach them all the skills they need. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you have somebody who's the most skilled person in the world but they have a terrible attitude, yeah. you're not going to want to work with them. Yeah. Well, as you know, we work with a, a company, uh, Fingerprint for Success, and they we're all about them, you know, values, attitudes and motivations because, yeah, uh, yeah the, the most knowledgeable person often doesn't want to open their mind to new things either. So That's there's right. something there as well. So, okay. So, well, lastly, how can people get in touch with you or follow you? Oh, just hit me up on LinkedIn. Hayley Lemon Digital Marketing. And just maybe send me like a little um, inbox message when you're reaching out so I know that you've listened to this podcast and, um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to help you where I can. Yeah, great. Well, it's been really great chatting with you Me and hearing too. about your role in digital events at uh, News Corp. Thank you. Um, some really great positive stories in this climate that we can all be inspired by. So that's great. Um, it's time to wrap up, I guess, and let you get back to your events. Mm-hmm. It's yep. <laughs> Friday here in Sydney, so I know you want to finish um, on time. It's wine, it's wine o'clock, Francesca. <laughs> oh, every day's time's wine o'clock, isn't it, at the moment? <laughs> Apparently, during this uh-huh. time. Yeah. Yeah. So we appreciate your time today, and look forward to hearing more from from you in the future yeah thank you so much thanks Hayley. have a good day bye. bye thank you for listening to the events unpacked podcast head over to francescapescops.com and access all the tools and resources discussed in today's show that's francescapescops.com until the next time hit subscribe and have a nice day